Hello, all you podcasters. I have a show called The John Lovell Show. And I know that's not very creatively named. I get that. But what you see each week is a smaller part of that show. Typically, it revolves around one big hot topic. This week's topic, but this segment, which we're recording for podcast and for YouTube, Google, well, it's being highly critical of YouTube and Google. So it's just going to be buried immediately with censorship. And so we're actually holding back that major subject and just putting it on watchwpsn.com. That's where you go to support us and you can get the app and all that jazz. Instead, we're going to give you the second half of the show. It's what you never get to see. And it's got an array of hot topics, Q and ambush section, which is a cool take on Q and A. And then we have a dad joke section. And so it should be great fun. Today, what you'll be getting into is the cell phone outage thing. We just had this huge blackout and I think there's more to come. What in the world should you do about that? I have some ideas, some things that I've been doing. Some of it's going to surprise you and some of you are going to get some good ideas and you're going to be all better for it. Also, we're going to talk about, oh, help us, Trump's new sneaker line. We will keep that segment a bit shorter because, man, it's, it's, we're settling in for a weird year. Also, we're going to talk about illegal immigration and violence that's been done. There's a recent case, a high-profile case that I want to talk about. We have even more topics we're going to get into, but they will be, they're unknown to me. They come in our Q and ambush section. And so you guys have written in, asked me questions, and I'm going to answer them live on the spot for better or for worse. Uh, it's all starting uh, right now. Here we go, guys. done shameless plug in a while so let's do that we do in-person training if you'd like to train rifle pistol medical knife fighting any type of in-person training that we have if you'd like to train with myself or one of our incredible instructors make sure you visit warriorpoetsociety.com and you can sign up because we're traveling all over the country doing classes maybe in your area you could jump in a class particularly medical we've got some spots available pat our medical instructor is world-class top-notch incredible you're more likely to save someone with your medical training than you are even with your firearm training so let's get both but medical is underrated you should get in that more classes being added all the time or your poetsociety.com. Let's go ahead and dive into some hot topics. And the place we're going to start first, John, is I want you to think back to the young John and I want you to uh, bring into your mind the shoes that you loved best. Was there a pair you got that you felt like you were top of the world, a king for the I day? Do. I remember. What is it? What was it? There were, I mean, I had to beg my uh, mom for them for like a year. <laughs> But uh, I don't know, they, they kind of looked like, uh, I don't know, some like aquatic swordfish or like a manta ray. <laughs> and it had like these two straps that came back and hooked over and they just looked so cool. I'd never wanted a pair of shoes so ever <laughs> as much as I wanted those. And finally, I got them. And man, I could run so fast. I could jump so high. Dude, do you remember Bro, the name? What was the brand? I don't do remember. Know? I just remember. I can still kind of draw a picture of them in my you head. Like Neptune? Bro, they were cool <laughs> shoes. I bet I'd still think they were cool. That's how cool they were. Well, hey. Even uh, a nine-year-old John, a middle-aged man John, I'd be like, man, kid, those are some dope shoes. Well, I got the shoes for 40-year-old John now because last week, Trump came out. He's selling some new kicks. Here's from the AP. 
former President Donald Trump made a highly, yeah, highly unusual stop at SneakerCon, a gathering that bills itself as the greatest sneaker show on earth. Trump, uh, this is according to the AP, so here, this is great. Trump was met with loud boos as well as cheers, but I love how they throw loud boos. Who's then, reporting on this? This is AP. Actually, this is AP. Oh, Associated Press. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> loud <laughs> boos and small cheers at the Philadelphia Convention Center as he introduced the first ever Trump-branded Never Surrender high-top sneakers for $399. And there's the picture there that you're looking at. These high-tops you're looking at are shiny gold with an American flag on the back and a big fat T on the side. You can get those online, John, at a website that also sells you some Trump a cologne for $99. But, John, aren't these just the best? Don't you love these? That's the real deal. I do not. You do, I do not. What I, 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 I hate this idea. What? I hate the shoes. Uh, no. I hate that he's doing it in the first place. Oh, you, really? You got, you got sneakers, man? What? Come on. Come I th- on. I think this is awesome. I, I think it this is, is also, awesome. It is also awesome in a different way, but it just seems so cartoonish to me. Mm. It's, it's like when he did his commemorative oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. action cards, or you could... <laughs> yeah. what, what were they? He was like so, an astronaut, a cowboy. He was like Jack Trump, <laughs> and he's like huge lats, and he's... I, I think it's genius. Atlas it's genius. holding up the world and so weird did, playing card things. That was it. I hated it. I hate it. Now... I think that he is shouldering wild attacks from all the institutions of power, and they're doing everything they can to subvert an actual fair election. Uh, They know that Trump is going to kick the teeth in on Biden and just completely take his dentures and punch him through the back (laughs) of his skull. And so they're going to have to cheat. However, I don't know that their margin of cheating could be enough to overcome the tidal wave win that would be coming. So- their idea is is to make it so that there's no possible way he can even run. And so they're hitting him up with lawsuits. And now I think to date, it's nearly half a billion dollars that these woke, uh, traitorous yeah. judges have fined him on these terrible lawsuits. And so, man, if you gotta if you gotta sell some commemorative EFT action card graphics and you gotta hey, John, overprice sneakers, do whatever you need to do, but Man, I got bad news for you. I went to the website. So the limited run, the first, the thousand limited run is already sold out. So you have missed your window. I hate it. To get these sneakers. I do not want those sneakers. Look, I I do. I I actually think, look, there's things that Trump does that people say are brilliant and he's not being brilliant. He's just fallen into it. But this is one of those areas where I think it's it's actually really fun. This is why I think why why we love Trump. It is fun. This is why we love Trump because because it's, this is so him. He is so, of course he's selling sneakers with a T on the side. It's it's like common average guy kind of thing. I know. But it's do so, you feel it's beneath the presidency? Is that what you feel? That is, yes. I do think it should be beneath the president. Barack Obama would, he would have done the same thing. Barack Obama would not have done this. He told, Barack Obama, yes, no, he, yes, would, he would not. Look, if Barack Absolutely o- not, because Barack Obama could have done this and didn't. <laughs> They say, too, he would have. They're both former presidents, but one has done it and the other hasn't. Now, I am no fan of Obama. I never voted for Obama. I did vote for Trump. And next time, I'm going to vote for Trump as well, obviously. Here, watch this. Uh, But no, I don't like that he made a line of sneakers, but if he's servicing 
the debt on to be able to, if he's drumming up money and this is just the way to support him, but look, if Barack Obama had done this, the AP report would have gone like this bold and brilliant move by the former president, really getting down to the street level with the average common Joe, the Barack Obama line selling for $5,000 and and the media would be just, they they would have bought him. I agree with that. I agree with that. (laughs) And by the way, the associated press on their, uh, the loud booze, uh, I bet what yeah. the, what AP didn't point out was it was the cat it was the AP guys that were there that were <laughs> the, doing the booing the press corps on the back that were there were loud boos that we ourselves did. All right, I mean every time you go to any of these gatherings, Trump, it's just like electric. Everyone's pumped. Everyone's having a blast. Everyone's loving on him. And then it's like you remember back in the 2020 election. Uh, nobody was at those Biden elections, no, you're you right. know, and the White Nothing. House makes a post on Instagram or Twitter or something. And you scroll down and you expect what you expect. This was this was before the election. Even what you'd expect is, is kind of like, all right, you got some people that hate and some people that love. But I would scroll down. I'd go through like 80 comments and everyone was hating on him. Like, man, of like left, right, of like. This is his page. So you would expect something like, man, it was astounding to me how unpopular he was, even in the 2020, but still most popular president ever. And it's you, you liars. I wanted to curse there. It was so intellectually offensive to me that he was the most popular president of all time. That is such wild horse crap, such a lie, such a lie. Hey man, liars are going to lie. Yeah. Players are going to play, and Trump's got some new sneakers. I think they're pretty dope. So, but hey, so we'll we'll agree to disagree on the brilliance of those shoes. But uh, let's I hate them. I hate them. It's it's like, like a cartoon satire of real life. I love the big fat. T but on everything the side. is such a joke these days. I'm kind of like, I guess I like Trump's joke better than the sad jokes uh, of the left. So if, if uh, I could get those sh- shoes on your feet, I think that you would you would be uh, brought do not back. Get me those shoes. You'd be transported back to young John wearing those <laughs> Neptune godlike ones you had back in the day. Hey, let's move into a a subject that's uh, often taken for granted till it's not, and that's communications. Because early last week, mm. Thursday, Americans across the country were impacted by a massive cellular outage. Uh, this is according to Daily Wire here. Tens of thousands of Americans across the country last week had their cellular service disrupted as AT&T's network was reportedly down for over 60,000 customers. And John, this is why, this is why you need to have your landline. This is why landlines mm. exist. Do you agree or disagree with that? Do you have a landline? I have a landline. I actually am shocked by that. Actually, I did not know you were going to say yes to that. Yes, I have a landline. And so, yeah. We're, is it for that reason? Uh, no, my wife just liked the idea of having a landline, and she wanted an old school phone. Yeah. We also didn't want to buy our young kids phones, but oh, we I realized, gotcha. hey, in an emergency or something like that, well, they know home. to, hey, hold up the phone to mama's incapacitated face to unlock it and call 911. But uh, for the kids to be able to call grandparents or to be able to call in an emergency or cell phones mm-hmm. are down, something like that, yeah. uh, we have a landline patched in. So the kids have a, you know, a, a legend of all the different people to call and their respective numbers. And so the kids can mm-hmm. use that landline. Now, uh, we have a landline at the house, but also... I've had this for years, and I carry it around in like a, a, a fair day sleeve. Yeah, what's that thing uh, you got this there? This is my satellite phone. 
So that is wild. I should be able to call anyone on the planet from this. And specifically, if cell phone stuff goes down, I can use my satellite phone to call my wife on the landline. And so that's uh, kind of a plan, but I'd already had that. Yeah. Uh, So this is kind of all the different wires so I can uh, change it out for charging options. And I've got a, a antenna that can be put on the top of my car. Additionally, I have these uh, just little Baofengs. I've got a couple Baofengs in here with different yeah. batteries and be able to run it with different uh, antennas. So, so those those are with your satellite phone? They're so with it. So you have those and those. That That's right. That. So hmm. in this, I have um, uh, my satellite phone, my two uh, Baofeng um, ham radios, and so, and yeah. then this is all EMP protected. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the, this bag is not hey, EMP, hey, so, uh, but the sleeve it goes into is a huge sleeve for it. Yeah. Ah, nice. Oh, hey, what are the price points for the Baofengs and what's the price point for a satellite phone out of curiosity? Baofengs are super cheap. We'll drop a link down below for you, but the Baofengs, I mean, they're like 30 bucks and they work pretty good. And you can yeah. get them with five, six, eight watts or something. Yeah. Um, use of channels other than just the like FRS channels requires a ham radio license, but if it's like down grid, it's not like FCC guys are going to become looking for you, mm. um, it, like knocking down doors. I'm like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Mm. You're like, you don't have a license. I'm like, I'm going to do whatever you I know, want. It's, it's the apocalypse. You did a Screw video. It. Yeah, you uh, did a video a few years ago, actually talking about ham radio. Uh, maybe we'll throw that link down there too. It's, yeah, it's sure. a couple years old, but you met with a guy, local guy that uh, had a lot of information about yeah. ham radio and stuff like that. Yeah, he he made me this. Oh, that's LTW Rangers lead the way in his. Uh, Kiln. He's the owner of Ready Made Resources. He just died of cancer. He's a dear friend. Ah. Uh, so very, very sad. Miss Bob. But uh, yeah, he, fantastic information. We had some fun with that video as well, uh, where he was teaching me about ham radios so I could get schooled up more on it. But I've got a whole <laughs> bunch of those ham radios in my EMP sealed safe at home. But this is kind of like if all this, if I was with somebody here we go, here's comms, here's comms, and if we stay within a mile or so, depending on terrain, uh, we should be able to communicate. How uh, important is it to get a ham radio license? Because a guy like me, like I hear that, I'm like, I don't know how important that is. Like, is it important? Like, what 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 will benefit will a guy like me get from doing something like that? Well, if you're a ham radio operator with a license, there is nothing more important in life than that, you know, of like, that's what I notice. <laughs> no, I think it's a good idea, Comment but, below. but but for me, I'm a classic nonconformist and uh, uh, the information is far more important. I want to know the skill of this. I want to huh. know, I want everything programmed. I want to know how to actually communicate in longer distances as well of, I want to know the tech, the license is something you get when you get enough information and you jump through the hoops and you go take the test and you pay the money and whatnot. But it's kind of like in the scenario where I'm actually using these, the infrastructure wouldn't be there. And I'll flip a big bird to the governing mm. agencies and just do whatever I want. I don't care about a license. Uh, and a lot of people wouldn't like that, uh, but I don't really care. I'll just do what I want because every, we're in the apocalypse kind of thing of everything's down yeah, right. grid, whatever. Right. Uh, and I'll be schooled up so I'm not like stepping on everyone and, you know, yep. um, doing the right thing. But uh, can I know how to hit a repeater tower and bounce off and, and, and go where I need to go. I want the skill. And, and so I still need to grow in that yep. uh, area. And I've got the, the books and the literature. And I think it's a good idea to pursue a, uh, a license in that. Get your technician license or 
um, whatever. I think that's that's a, a good thing. And um, yeah. And you uh, mentioned that the bow fangs, you called them ham radios, and so those are those are it's a ham be- radio. Those are better than just regular because you can go to Walmart and buy a little you know Motorola thing. Oh, those are walkie talkies. Those are not ham radios. Yeah, a walkie talkie is not nearly what the these are because they look exactly the same no this is way more powerful and you have an incredible amount of options with these hmm. uh, and, and, and the the capability of this little 30 40 dollar uh you know uh ham radio it, it's really quite remarkable uh and i've got a whole fleet of them i got a bunch of them and i've got some that are more water resistant too when we do our intro to long range patrol class everyone's running these Huh, fast. So uh, that's how we're communicating with each other, and they'll work through my headset. So useful, useful in the field, useful if a cellular signal goes down and you just never know because uh, AT&T, uh, the update on that story is because some people thought that maybe it was caused by a cyber attack or even a sun flare, but it wasn't the case at all. Quite honestly, it was, according to them, the application and execution of an incorrect process used to expand our network. So basically some sort of update crashed everything and that's yeah. really all it was and then sixty thousand people were without ways to uh, call 911 uh found out where they're supposed to go next for their jobs all that kind of stuff so yeah. fascinating so if cell phones just go out one thing you could do is well you could have a landline already and whoever you want to talk to also has a landline and so that's a, a critical form of communication another thing is something like a satellite phone like i just showed you However, the satellite phones are very expensive to get. They're going to be like $1,000 or $1,500 or something crazy. Biden's economy, I have no idea what yeah. it is, $33,000 now. I don't know what the jump is. But then also what sucks is there's a monthly service fee. Mine's 65 bucks a month, and that gives me 10 minutes of talking each Interesting. month. Uh, and then it goes... And that's free ten minutes, and then it's like a dollar sixty-five a minute after that. And so it's this is not something that you want to just be like, "Hey guys, just wanted to What's shoot there? the breeze." This is emergency communication kind of things. And because I travel so much, mm-hmm. and then I'll also get into areas that don't have signal. I want to be able to have that. So, uh, say we're teaching warrior poet rifle class, and we're out in the boonies on this range in Arizona. Yeah. No cell phone signal. Well, I can call medical now in case there's an emergency via my sat phone. Uh, so, anyway, I've like request a, a chopper from EMS and be able to uh, pull them in toward a landing zone. And so, hey, we're thinking. So, uh, anyway, another thing you can do other than buying the technology, like a get a landline, get a satellite phone. Uh, ham radios or something like that is is you can just pre-organize certain standard operating procedures. So in the event that something goes down, your wife loses comms with you of like, well, first identify why we have lost comms. And if you can do that, uh, then it could trigger certain protocols that she would enact of like, hey, this may be a kind of a downgrade scenario. I want you to gather uh, these type of materials. I want you to get the kid's house and I want you to go to this site B place or we're going to your parents' house and that's kind of out in the sticks and this is what you're going to do and make sure the very first thing you do after getting all these things is you get some gasoline and go to... So, so right now I'm just without any kind of context, I'm giving you an example of what one type of contingency could release a pre-ordered plan. And you know what she's doing because that was part of the plan. You know that if you get home two days later, she's not going to be home. 
She's going to have these resources, and she's going to be at this other location. You already know that. It was part of the plan. You didn't have to go tell her what to do. It was already decided in advance. Like our home defense plan. It's a plan that we already know, we've already agreed on, and if certain things trigger our home defense plan at certain times or at certain places in zones of our house, that triggers the plan. And so uh, you make a plan so that you don't need to communicate in the moment. That's the purpose of the plan. And so you can also do that. But you have to imagine what are the different scenarios that would cause this, and you need to war game out as if what is the best thing that my wife should do uh, with our kids given that. It may just be, hey, hunker down. And you just stay where you're at. You're not going anywhere. There's a good place. Uh, the grass isn't greener. We've got resources. We've got uh, preparation. Uh, but these are the things that I'll be doing. So you know where I'm at and you don't have to worry about me. And so just prior communication. So no one panics, right? All right. Well, that's going to take care of that one. And the final story I'm going to share is just a, t- a terrible story, just just terrible, but it's local to us. And I'm going to follow it up with just a really simple question at the end of it. But Lake and Hope Riley, a nursing student at University of Georgia, was found dead Thursday after going out on a jog in a wooded area on the University of Georgia campus. Blunt force trauma was the reported cause of death. The man arrested for the murder was a 26-year-old illegal immigrant from Venezuela. He had been detained at the border, released by CPB, arrested then in New York just five months ago for charges related to injury of a child. Uh, but they have released him before ICE could get to him. And then this guy made his way to Athens, Georgia, was living in an apartment about a mile from the university campus. Just one day he woke up and then he killed uh, he killed this beautiful young woman in the prime of her life uh, pursuing a nursing degree. And the question I have is, whose fault is this? Uh, so the fault of the murder is the murderers. So... The guy who killed her, it is his fault. However, uh, there's also the fault of how in the world was this person who was obviously dangerous and obviously committed crimes and was obviously not supposed to be in the United States in the first place, an illegal alien. There is culpability that should be assigned to the federal government, to the Biden administration, who is allowing all these illegal immigrants to come through. We just did an episode uh, on John Lovell's show talking about illegal immigration. And what did we say? He says these illegal immigrants are going to pour over. They're going to do uh, violent acts. People are going to die, and the blood will be on the hands of the Biden administration. Uh, now, so that is absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Mm. The blood is on the hands of the murder, and it's also on the Biden administration, without question. So that girl would be alive. Yeah. She, uh, she, she didn't have to die. Yeah. That illegal alien— should not have been here. It is the Biden administration's fault that she was. Now that girl is dead and she will not have a happily, a happily ever after uh, falling in love with a husband and having some children and saving people's lives as a nurse, which she was studying to be a nurse. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't get a future because Biden administration wanted a wave of illegal immigrants so that he could secure future elections uh, by granting them eventual citizenship. So, uh, and creating so and creating a sociological crisis that the government could step in and be the solution for. And so it is the virtue signaling of the authoritarian left that always leads to bloody, uh, bloody consequences. And this is it. All right. Well, we're going to leave those hot topics behind and we are going to head over to our Q and ambush.
As always, friends, if you have a burning question, you'd like John to give his observations and or opinion on that, you can always send those questions to JLS at watchwpsn.com. That's JLS at watchwpsn.com. The first question I have for you today, John, comes from Will Frito, and he wonders about church security. So the question goes like this. Hey, John, what is the best stepping off point for starting a church security team? For a small church, what what type of SOPs, strategies, and good practices would you recommend? First and foremost, I want to make sure kids are secured. Uh, I want to make sure the hard entry points, exit points are secured during service. So really, you just want one real path that people come into the kids area and kids can't just open up a side door. Adults don't know and they just wander out or people from outside are able to just open a door and come in. You really need to be able to protect the kids. And mm -hmm. so that includes watching your paths of entry and exit. Secure those. Uh, also, you're going to want responsible people watching over the kids. And this means background checks. You're going to watch sex offender registry. You're going to really be careful who is actually monitoring the kids because predators abound. And so that's number one, the thing uh, I look at with the yeah. church security uh, plan. Uh, the next thing is I want to ensure that we have some type of church security team. Somebody's just looking uh, for folks that would want to come in to a small church that doesn't have any assets, uh, but are wondering, hey, is this shooting fish in a barrel? Is this an easy, soft target? And what you want is you want strong men uh, who are able to meet the eyeline of that uh, bad guy who's coming in, who is doing their scans, and what they're looking for is somebody who might put up resistance. Now, I spot those guys immediately, and they spot me immediately. They look for each other, and the rest of the population goes obliviously about their whole business. It, you know that if you're walking through a store and you see another uh, A-type personality who's a protector and a defender, you see him, he sees you, and what do you do? Give a little nod of the head. It's like, I see you, bro. That happened yesterday to me at Home Depot. Absolutely. And so pro <laughs> protectors, protectors notice each other. Um, predators also notice protectors, and protectors notice predators. And so a lot of the folks that don't fit into one of those two categories are oblivious to the subtle sociological change that happens. But if you have protectors who are built that way, wired that way in your congregation, just their presence, even if they don't have badges, shirts, and holding a gun or anything like that, just their vigilance, the fact that you've given them an okay of like, hey, man, watch our church and, and guard our folks, would you? Just see if you notice anything out of it. See if somebody comes in looking angry uh, with a hoodie on and a backpack. Watch out for those guys. Uh, you know, make sure you immediately go up to them, greet them, and and give a, a little bit of a sociological shakedown. See what they're up to. Introduce yourselves to them. That would do wonders to make sure that any threats are seen early in advance and be able to uh, meet those threats. Hey, can I ask you a question? Um, you mentioned how you're able to kind of visually ID like those protector type people. Uh, do you uh, suggest that church security teams have a, a uniform that shows that they're officially sanctioned by the church to be in a role that's like that, or should it be more plainclothes, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, you can do that. Churches do different stuff of like, uh, when I got out of the military, I wanted to serve in a local church. I had no idea 
what else to do. Uh, and I was pretty good at fighting. And so I joined the pastoral protection um, team. And so I wore a suit and an earpiece. And, yeah. you know, and so it was very obvious that we were walking around with a pastor and we're kind of looking, you know, and yeah. uh, it was obvious that we were security. Uh, other churches I've seen have like a, a badge and it's, it shows that they're more security. But typically you can tell a security guy by the way they carry themselves. Yeah. Uh, and you're just kind of like, that guy looks like a fighter. Now, the church I go to, everyone looks like a fighter. I think everyone, every dude at my church carries a gun. I think everyone's carrying a gun. Nobody, nobody wants to, uh, nobody's coming for my church, you know, and that's, that's really great. And we got cops all over the place, too. This leads to a next thing that you could do as a church who wants to make sure that your congregation's really safe. Probably one of the best things you could do is just have a cop there. If what do you a bad guy that? sees a cop car, in the parking lot, they're going to go find a different church. Mm, yeah. That's it. And it's going to cost your church whatever the overtime pay for that officer would be. So maybe that police department, you call in the police department, I'm like, hey, man, or sheriff's department. I like sheriff departments even more because it's an elected official, whereas a police department can be appointed from on high. So if I had to choose between the two, uh, I would choose sheriff's department. I wish all the sheriff departments in the United States would just absorb the police departments so that elected officials by the local uh, population could elect who was actually policing them. Uh, but regardless, uh, we got police officers, we got sheriff's department, we got everybody in our congregation. Uh, having just their presence is a really big deal. Now, if you have a police car out there, bad guys are going to see a police car and they'll be like, I'll find somewhere else. They're just going to go somewhere else. Um, cause they don't want a fair fight. They, they want to be able to shoot fish in a barrel. Wolves hunt in, uh, sheep pastures. And if they don't see a shepherd, they're coming in. If they do see a threat, uh, you know, they sheep, sheep dog or shepherd or whatever metaphor you want to go in, then they're going to find some other sheep pen that isn't protected. That's how they work. Additionally, having a police officer in your congregation, if something goes wrong, say somebody's just, uh, crackpot, they're, they're screaming, they're causing a scene, or you got somebody trying to take home a kid and they got a restraining order against, and you don't know how to do that. And you got a security team and the security team doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden they put hands on somebody. Well, that that's assault. You're not allowed to do that necessarily. Mm -hmm. And now you've incurred tremendous liability on the church. The moment you touch someone and you're not expressly legally allowed to do that. And so when you have a police officer, it can go much different. You can look at this person who's being disruptive and you can say, Hey, sir, uh, we would like you to leave. You know, uh, they're doing something, mm. something that is highly disruptive. They're just screaming out in the congregation, ah, just not allowing anything. Sir, you, you, please be quiet. Okay. You won't be quiet. We're asking you to leave. You won't leave. Officer, we asked him to leave. He won't leave. Officer comes up of like, sir, I need, I need you to leave this place right now. You won't? Okay. Stand up, turn around, put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. And it's just that easy. I'm like, okay, no assault charges, no liability. You just mm -hmm. let cops be cops. And so, so having cops be an integral part of your security plan for your church is a really, really good idea. It's going to protect you from liability, and it's probably going to keep bad guys from ever even trying to attack. Very, very good. And what's it going to cost you? Like, 40 bucks per hour for the cop to be there. If like, let's, let's say you need them for two hours, $80 a week. You can afford that. You can afford that church. If you can't afford $80 a week, uh, well, in a few weeks you should be, if you're growing. And if you can't grow into that, well, you're not going to stay at church very long anyway. 
You know, um, can I bring us on a little uh, thought experiment bunny trail here? Because talking about the church security team, I know that there's a handful of uh, warrior poets out there. Because I've gotten the emails I got, you know, from Matt, Michael, James, and, and others. They're wondering about that Senate Bill 3589 that uh, it hasn't been passed, but that's that one that basically outlaws paramilitary training. I don't know if you've seen anything much about that, but it seems to be that uh, if you train together with other guys, it's called paramilitary, and they're looking to ban that, and that would be used to eliminate nearly all civilian firearms training and church security teams. And I, you know, it hasn't passed yet, so this is kind of a thought experiment, but if that were to pass, uh, what advice would you have for guys that, that have put together church security teams and are still interested in protecting their church? Would you just ignore that at that point or what? Uh, so I have the Second Amendment, which means the government is not allowed to pass any law that infringes upon the exercise of the Second Amendment or a well-regulated militia. And so you just do whatever you want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna listen to that. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Screw that. that, that that's that's a illegal law. That's an illegal law, and I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna follow that. That that's ridiculous. Keep on driving on, guys. Uh, the government's gonna. Sh- the government just tried to shut your church down for two years. And guess what? You should do. Not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That's what Scripture says. I'm like, no, no, no. Government tells you to stop meeting. God tells you to keep meeting. You got to choose between the two. I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna keep meeting. Pound sand, government. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to that noise. All right. Hey, let's head into the second question for you. It comes from Mike. Mike doesn't want to be a wanker, but also thinks a woman can't have a wife. So here it goes. Hey, John, I have two kids with one on the way. My wife and I were both raised in Christian homes and are followers of Christ and happily married for six years. I have two sisters who've lost their way. One sister is a lesbian with a wife who wants to be part of our life and our kids' lives. But I struggle exposing my kids to that lifestyle, especially at such impressionable age, three years and 16 months, respectively. I pray daily my sister's heart will be softened and see the sin in her life, but at this point she doesn't see that anything she's doing is wrong. We see her about two to four times a year as I try to limit her interactions with my kids. I struggle with not wanting to ostracize my sister while still showing her the love of Christ. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Mike. Mm. So how old are the kids? Uh, three years and 16 months with a newborn on the way. Okay, cool. I hear where he's coming from, and he wants to protect his family and his values, and that's important, especially with little kids. Little kids, they'll interpret the entire world through the context of family. They, they, they'll understand before anything else, they'll understand there's a mommy, and there's a daddy, and there's a baby, you know, and there's a, everything in the world, whether it's boy or girl— Their entire world is built in the order of family. And so that's really, really important for years and years. Now, I actually had this exact scenario or almost exact scenario play out in my family. And so this is not a thought experiment. This is a memory for me. Uh, So on the one hand of like, hey, uh, you got family or people really close uh, that are gay and uh, you don't want your kids having mixed signals about what marriage means uh, uh, and w- mom and dad. And that's confusing that they're too young for that conversation. And so uh, you're saying like, all right, well, don't be around or be around, but not much around of like when they're that young, they're not going to see any lifestyle. They just realize, hey, two women have entered into our sphere. To them, they, they have no idea. They have no context. Now, 
Uh, and so I, I didn't have a problem with that of like, they're coming in now, if they start like making out on the couch or something in front of your kids, now the lifestyle has entered. And now you have a big problem with that. Now my kids are seeing something and they're too young to understand this and I don't have to speak to it. And, uh, this is, they're too young, uh, for this, for them to be exposed to this. Like if is similarly, let, let's, Let's take the social stigma of gay away from this episode uh, for just a moment and say, all right, instead of a gay couple, just say you had a uh, husband, wife, and this husband that she married has a really, really foul mouth. Just can't help himself. Curses every single moment. Cursing all the time. Tells really crude, nasty jokes. Just really inappropriate all the time. Well, f- a condition for him coming is, is man, hey, listen. You can talk however you want, wherever you want, but when you enter into my home and you're around my kids, you have to clean up your language. You have to. And let's just say he refuses. I'm like, well, then you can't be around my kids, period. You get to protect your kids from different ideas and different language. They're your kids. You get to do that. And the idea is, is there is a standard that is healthy and there is a perversion that is not healthy. And you get to protect your kids from what is damaging to them. But I don't think the just presence of uh sister and you know her gay partner you know them just being there it's not like they're making out or anything they're just there or around and um later you're gonna have to have conversations uh about you know what marriage actually means and and how y'all think about your sister and her partner and and you can talk about that once they're old enough to do that but anyway that's how we kind of navigated it because on the one hand of like hey yeah i don't agree with a sister in this, in, in this, their context, uh, and their lifestyle and, and that value. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, I, I still love my, I, I love this person and I don't want to use my kids as a cudgel to, sh- you know, beat you over the head. And you're like, no, you can't have anything to do with me. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I still want to be around you and I still love you. Uh, so anyway, we didn't cut everyone off. You know, we didn't cut the, these, uh, our particular example off. Uh, they're still around. Uh, but, uh, Hey, can I ask, how did, how did they receive, how did they receive the conversation that you must've had with them concerning what the rules for your house is concerning? We that, didn't you know? really give that because it's not like something that they were wanting to do anyway. They weren't okay. going to be tacky like that. So yeah, yeah. they weren't like making out or being inappropriate or anything like yeah. that yeah, uh, yeah. of like, you know, when you have men, man and wife over, you, you're not seeing them like yeah, round and second base, you know, yeah. in, in the pantry during yeah. your family gathering. Anyway, that's not really a thing that's happening. And so for us, Oh, uh, we didn't have a hard conversation on that. Yeah. We didn't have anything like that. They just, they just knew. Now, so, if if they didn't have that, and they wanted to kind of make a point, well, now you're forcing my hand. Of like, hey, you can't do that around my kids. We really want you here. Love you, but if you do like this, if if you are interacting that way around my kids, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave, or at least the partner leaves and the sister stays. Yeah. So the sister can be here, and the partner has to go. And so that's the cost. I'm like, well, you don't love so-and-so and and you hate me. I'm like, no, no, no. You just can't do that in front of my kid. It's about the kid. Uh, That's all. Love you. Please stay. But here's a condition. 
uh, right? And so... Yeah, and I, well, I think that what might be really encouraging for some of our viewers in this is the fact that you have uh, been in a situation like that and... and I have I, been in this situation. I wasn't... You have been in this situation? Some details shifted, but it was this situation. And um, I think what's really encouraging is that the... the at least some people have heard from your mouth that there are situations where both parties can find an equitable way to still get together and not have that yeah. thing be the, the center of the thing. Yeah, and we love those relatives. Yeah. And I, I think they love us, too. Of yeah. Like, my wife and I are probably more loved within our family than anyone else in the family. Uh, because Interesting. We, we've been really awesome to them. And yeah, because guys, as people know, we're, we've been, <laughs> John's not shy about what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, so there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, the next question we have here comes from Alex. Alex wonders how to get back up again. He says, hey, John, mm. I work in public service, and earlier this year, one of my guys was killed in the line of duty. Since then, months later, I'm still in a pretty hard slump at work. I lack motivation and have lost some hope in what I thought was my calling, but I hope still is. What advice would you give me or someone in my boat how to regain motiva- mo- motivation, maintain discipline, or maybe even decide when to jump ship? Thanks, man, and God bless. Mm. That's awful. Sorry, man. I feel that. I sound depressed. Uh, I, I would want to know what kind of... some Something's broke and something's not uh, getting some healing in you that needs needs some healing. There's a... There's a deeper root uh, right there, and I don't know exactly what that is. It could be that, you know, uh, the death of your friend has triggered something, um, and it may you may be thinking it's mostly that, but it's actually something else in conjunction with that. I, I have no idea, um, but I'd, I'd take a hard look of what gives you the most amount of joy. I've worked a lot of jobs, and... Uh, some of them were more enjoyable than others. I really like my career now because I'm able to really align uh, passion and purpose and uh, also make a living doing it. And that that's really, really cool. But most jobs aren't like my job. Most jobs, if you go and you try to be a good uh, employee or worker and you make a good impact and you provide a service and maybe it's not as kind of like noble and outward reaching. You're in public service, so yours happens to be. Service is amazing. We're all supposed to serve, and you make the world safer and make the world better, and so that's a really cool thing. And so your profession does check out. However, I know in public service can also be a thankless job. It could be a grind. Uh, You could be unappreciated in that as well. Uh, I would say, though, in all the different jobs I've had, in the vast majority of them, it wasn't my job. I needed it to not be too much of a bummer. But I didn't need it to really kind of self-actualize, give me my sense of self and identity. That came from me, uh, from my creator. It also comes in large part from, you know, family of like, man, most of the time, even when I'm working now at a job that I love, I just want to be home with my family all the time. That's what I want, really. But even when I'm traveling, I'm doing real cool stuff. I want to be home with my family all the time. That's a sense of great joy. And uh, that's... uh, that, that's something that makes the grind worth it. You also may have some unresolved conflict, and maybe that's at work as well, and that can drag down of like, I just really need to know more, I suppose, because I don't know what's down and getting you out. I think there are some practical things that some folks, when asked of like, man, you just got to grind. You, you got to be disciplined. You got to get in the gym. 
Uh, you got to start eating clean. And all that stuff is right. And all that stuff is good. And it can help. Uh, and I do advise you to do that. Of Like, hey, eat clean. Drink enough water. Make sure you get enough sleep. Go to church. Repent of sin. Uh, it, solve unresolved conflict issues. Learn the art of gratitude. Practice gratitude. Um, make sure your relationship with your wife is great. Date your wife all the time. Have some quality time with your kids. Get some good rest. You may just be burned out, man. You may be burned out. You're doing way too much. And the hustle culture will tell you to double down and do even more. Try, try, work, 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 earn, son. And they don't understand that, no, the cure for burnout isn't try harder. That'll that'll give you some um, temporal immediate gains that make you feel better in some ways, but it's not causing a root issue. In short term, you win. In the longer term, you lose. And so I don't know what's going on with you. Hopefully there was something in there that landed. So uh, good luck, my friend. All right, John, we're going to wrap it out from Joan. Joan's got a question here. She wants to know what happened to that poster. She says, uh, John, not really a cue and ambush question, but I noticed the Braveheart poster is no longer on the wall behind you. Any reason for that? Just curious. Yeah, I, I think that was down for like weeks because uh, there's our <laughs> Band of Brothers one. And then the Braveheart one was down. And so it was just in this corner and I hadn't noticed no, he, that. He, none of us had. So it was down for a while and I just kind of came Before in the filming, studio yeah. one day and I looked at it and I'm like, I... You do not know what's happened, but it just fell off and the frame was like broken and I taped it back last week and we hung it. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, um, Mel Gibson, he flexed freedom so hard that it, he fell right off the wall. That's right. That's right. So, uh, anyway, we got Wallace back up. Yeah, he's good to go, but let us know uh, if anything else falls or is missing in the background, we'll be sure to get right back on it. And of course, if you have a burning question that needs to be asked John and the team, you can send those to JLS at watchwpsn.com. And that's also the location you can send your dad jokes, which we love getting and want to see more submissions. If you could send me a video link, that'd be awesome. Or a small video file. We'll make sure to get eyeballs on those and throw those into the end of the episode. Because as you know, that is how we like to close this thing. Fantastic. Dad jokes. Here they come guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I had fun, even though some of it was just rain clouds and more bad news. We had some uh, good, encouraging stuff and helpful stuff for you along the way, too. So Warrior Poets, keep training hard, keep training smart, do all that stuff, and here's some dad jokes. See you guys. What's Jesus' favorite car? A Chrysler. Why do the corners of the rooms always feel warmer than the rest of the rooms? Because they're 90 degrees. Guess what happens when you touch Dwayne Johnson's butt? What? You hit rock bottom. Hey, Everett. Do you know why Santa's bringing us coal this year? Because our firewood's been very naughty. <laughs> <laughs>